This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marsha Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon from New Hampshire on this beautiful summer day. This is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to address a topic that has been raised by a few of my listeners. Among them, my eldest son, who is a business banker here in New Hampshire and a religious Episcopalian, even though I brought him up to be a good Baptist. People have read my blog and listened to my podcast or YouTube videos, and they notice that in my written posts, I often address the political and social issues facing our nation, whereas in my non-duality talks, I tend to address only spiritual issues. People ask, how are the two related? How can you be passionate about political and social issues while at the same time advocate non-duality. Isn't that a contradiction? As my son asked me on the phone the other day, isn't politics by nature dualistic? Other listeners have asked how we can address the issues that face our nation today, like racism and economic and social injustice and climate change and so forth, from the wisdom of non-dual awareness. It's certainly true that politics is dualistic. What could be more of an example of battling dualities than the conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat divide that seems to be getting more intense each year, if not each month? Every issue that you can think of has people taking sides. What are we to do? Is it the fate of non-dual Christians to ignore this concern for social justice and equality in the name of equanimity? Do we have to remain neutral to balance the yin and the yang of duality? No. That is a misunderstanding of the nature of non-dual awareness. Non-dual awareness does not reject duality. Just the opposite. Non-duality is not the opposite of duality. It includes duality. This is important to understand. Non-duality is not simple oneness. In a mathematical sense, one is different than two. One is half of two. Two is two ones and three is three ones and so forth. The oneness of non-duality is not half of two. It is an all-embracing unity that, that includes the two, and the three, and the four, and the ten thousand things, as the Tao Te Ching says. The spiritual oneness of non-duality embraces all dualities. It has more in common with infinity than it does with the number one. 
non-dual awareness is not a delicate mental and emotional you know, balancing act of trying to avoid the dualities of the world. That is impossible and unnecessary. Non-duality embraces diversity and enters fully into life. Non-duality is life. It's not a retreat from life, you know, into isolation or into a monastery or something with the intention of avoiding the messiness of living in the name of some higher calling. Rather, it is filled with vibrancy and the vitality of living. It's not boring. It is exciting. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and to have it abundantly. He did not say, I came that they might shrink from life and have a, have a boring, lonely existence. Many expressions of spirituality, East and West, have misunderstood this and considered the only spiritual path to be one of life-denying asceticism. In Christianity, we think of the stereotype of the prudish Puritan who squeezes the joy out of life in the name of godliness. Although I think that is a false stereotype of the Puritans. But there are certainly enough valid examples of religious people who try to protect themselves from the messiness of engagement with the world, hoping to find their in that way, as some type of peace or holiness. Non-duality does not fall into that camp. Non-duality embraces life in the name of inclusiveness that can participate fully in the dance of yin and yang, the shadow play of maya, the dualities of the world while not being of the world. That is what the Apostle John meant when he said that we are to be in the world but not of the world. We cannot escape the world. We cannot escape the dualities of life while being human any more than we can escape the dualities of day and night or sleeping or waking or pleasure or pain or life and death. This is the human condition. Non-duality lives this human existence fully while being aware of the non-duality that is its essence. We live in the world but are not of the world. That is what Jesus meant when he said to his opponents, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. So when it comes to engaging in social movements of this world, there is no contradiction between non-duality and politics. Mahatma Gandhi saw no contradiction between his spirituality of Ahimsa, which he got from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as much as from the Indian religion of Jainism, and his nonviolent social campaign to free his nation from the yoke of the British Empire. Martin Luther King adopted Gandhi's approach and his calling to liberate his people, Moses, saw no problem between the non-dual awareness of God 
in the burning bush that I talked about in another episode, and the call to liberate his people from slavery in Egypt. Hinduism goes so far as to say there is no contradiction between non-dual awareness and fighting in war. That is the message of the Bhagavad Gita, as I understand it. It is a conversation between Arjuna and his chariot driver, who is actually Krishna, the, the incarnation of Vishnu, who is trying to persuade him to fulfill his duty as a member of the warrior caste and fight in the upcoming battle. This is my reading of it anyway. I don't, I'm not an expert in the, in the Gita, so if you are, you can correct me on that interpretation. The non-dual spirituality of Jesus, which both Gandhi and King drew from, is one of non-violence. To love your enemy, turn the other cheek, not return evil for evil, and so forth. I consider that to be a faithful expression of non-dual awareness. And and that seems more in line with to with me than riding a chariot into battle to kill your enemy because it's your social duty. But I can see how others might disagree with that and argue that fighting in war can also be an expression of non-duality and an expression of, of justice when the cause is just and in opposition to evil. Have great respect for the members of the armed forces who risk their lives in battle for their comrades and for the values that our nation stands for. And there's, there's no reason, I guess, why being a warrior cannot be an example of non-duality. There are certainly examples in history of soldier monks. And of course, the Old Testament is filled with such examples of holy war. But I'm only sure about the form that non-dual awareness takes in my life. And that is more in line with Gandhi and King. This was the way of my Lord Jesus. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight, but my kingdom is not of this world. In any case, there is no contradiction between seeing reality as non-dual and living a life in the midst of this duality. You can't avoid that. Duality is the expression of non-duality. Nirvana is samsara, as they say. Political and social activism is not antithetical to the contemplative life. It can be an expression of it. That is especially true in the Christian tradition, which has a long line of contemplative activists. Thomas Merton is one that comes immediately to mind because his writings were very influential in, in my Christian life in the 1960s and 70s. He was a Trappist monk who uh, lived in Kentucky, who took a vow of silence and practiced uh, solitude at the hermitage of Gethsemane. And yet he was one of the clearest American prophetic voices of his generation. We can engage in what we understand to be just social activism, while at the same time realizing that all changes that are made in human history are ultimately relative and temporary. Furthermore, 
there's always the danger that we might misunderstand what is right and just and moral. That's the nature of this dualistic world. That is why if we do this, we must be careful that our activism proceeds from that non-dual center and the non-dual whole rather than from the ego. That's the role, at least in the Christian tradition, of confession and repentance and spirituality. But we cannot get lost in the causes of this dualistic world. It's easy to do that, and it would have been easy for Jesus to do that, but he did not. Our kingdom, like that of Jesus, is the non-dual kingdom of God. By the light of that kingdom, we see that all movements of human history are dualistic interplays of good and evil. We can, as part of this drama, play a role in that and take the side of good as far as we can discern the good, but we must always realize that our true citizenship is in heaven, as the Bible says. And ultimately, it all works out as it should. So we can act in the world without anxiety or fear, but in peace and faith and hope, we can bring about peace from the place of peace, the place of, place of shalom in our lives. As the Desiderata says, whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the, the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God. We can engage in the world while doing it from a place of peace that is not of this world. That is what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that is it for today. Grace and peace be to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.